You're listening to sermon audio from Gospelite Baptist Church. For more resources or to donate to this ministry, please visit gospelite.org. Hello, Gospelite, and Merry Christmas. It is so exciting to be with you today, whether it's in your living room or with a small group of friends or family. It's so uh, good to be with you this morning, and I'm thankful that you're watching this pre-recorded video of a very special Christmas Day service. It seems fitting that Christmas would fall on a Sunday. It just makes sense that we should be worshiping the Lord and giving Him the glory and honor that He is due on this very special day that we recognize the birth of Christ, the first advent, the coming of Jesus into this world as our sinless born Savior. What an honor it is to celebrate his birthday on this Sunday morning. We've been feasting on Christmas. We've been filling up on love, filling up on joy, and filling up on peace. And today, Christmas morning, we're going to fill up on hope. You know, it's interesting. I've talked a lot about food. I really enjoy eating. And I found out this interesting statistic. You'll like this, or maybe you won't. But the average American on, in the month of December, will gain one to two pounds, the average. Now, I'm sure some are going to lose some weight, and others are going to kind of bring the average up by gaining some weight. But if you think about it, that means on the average, America's going to gain about 400,000, uh, 400 million pounds this Christmas. Seems like maybe we'll have an earthquake or something if we're not careful. But I'm not talking about filling up on food. We're focusing on filling our souls with love and joy and peace and hope. What is hope? Hope is the confident expectation of future blessings. Hope is this. As I think about my future, as I think about all that God has in store for me, I'm excited about it. The future is bright and the best things are up ahead. Isn't that true? As we come to the end of a year, as we celebrate the birth of Christ, As we look to a new year, for the follower of Jesus Christ, the best is definitely ahead. And that's hope. That's hope. The clouds are breaking. The storms are dissipating. The sun is rising. The rainbow is forming. And good things are coming. And if you don't have that, if you don't understand that, If you don't believe what I just said, then what you are missing is hope. And I want you to feast this morning with me on hope. Because if you have that, if you believe the best days are ahead, if you believe the future is bright, if you believe that followers of Jesus Christ have so much to look forward to, then what you have is hope. And that is the purpose of this Christmas Day message, that we're going to feast on hope. Hope for our families, hope for our finances, hope for our future. So let's look together today at Luke chapter 1, at this angelic announcement of the birth of Jesus Christ to Mary, and let's join Mary in in, in having hope for the future. I want to give you four truths this morning, very simply, four truths that translate into our experience in our lives that we see in this very first Christmas in Scripture. Number one, I want to say this. Hope meets us right where we are. Hope meets us where we are. So wherever you are this morning, sitting in your living room, 
whatever situation you might be in, whatever struggle you're going through, remember this, hope meets you right where you are. Look with me, if you would, at Luke chapter 1 in verse number 26. It says this, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Hope meets you where you are. Let's understand some things about these times in Israel. We talked a little bit about this last week. But times in the nation of Israel were difficult. Very, very tough. Let's not gloss over the Christmas story. And we're, it's easy to do that. We, we're enjoying the tree and the lights and the nativity scene. And uh, even a moment ago as the Mercer family read the, the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2. Uh, it, it's a beautiful story. And if we're not careful, we can gloss over the Christmas story and think that everything was smooth, everything was beautiful. But you've got to realize, in this time, they were occupied by the Romans and they were under the tyrannical uh, uh, slavery and rulership of Herod, that horrible king. And they never knew what a day would bring. In fact, soon after the very first Christmas, Herod would issue this edict that all of the soldiers, his soldiers, were to go into the homes of everybody living in that day. They were to barge into their homes. You can imagine, here they are in the living room of every home, and they take the firstborn son of every home and execute that son. Kill him. This is the days they were living in. So when it says here, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Understand, these were difficult days. Very difficult days. And what's, what does it mean by in the sixth month? Well, what does that mean? That was in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy with John the Baptist. And this angel came. And up to this point, the only thing that these folks had to hang on to was they were waiting for the promise of the Messiah. If you would have gone to, to, to Elizabeth or to Zechariah or to Mary or to Joseph or anybody in that day, they would have all told you in these difficult days they were living in, we're waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue us. All of the prophets had told them that a Messiah was going to come. Isaiah, for example, said he would be born to a virgin in Isaiah chapter 7 in verse number 14. Micah said that he would be born in the city of Bethlehem in Micah chapter 5 in verse number 2. And Malachi said he would be preceded by a messenger. We know that messenger to be John the Baptist. And that can be found in Malachi chapter number 3 in verse number 1. They were waiting for the Messiah. The first advent. The first advent. The first coming of the Messiah. They were waiting for him. And so we too are waiting for the Messiah to return. They were waiting. And we are waiting. They were waiting. They had hope. We are waiting. And we have hope. Luke one twenty six Again, hope meets us where we are. In the sixth month. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now think about that. If I were to announce to you today that, that Jesus is coming to Arkansas, if this were some sort of special announcement today, there's not a person that's listening to me this morning that would not automatically think, oh, he must be coming to the capital city of Little Rock. If he's coming to Arkansas, surely he's coming to Little Rock. 
To say that Jesus was, was going to be sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, a couple of thousand people, be about the same thing as me saying Jesus is coming to Mountain Pine or to Mount Ida <clears throat> or to Magnet Cove. You see, this story is, is, is so profound in its simplicity. And so as we begin to understand that Jesus came where they were, Luke chapter 1, verse 27, he comes to a virgin. She's betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Mary was a poor woman from an obscure town, and she found hope. She found hope because Jesus found her. Hope found her where she was. God went and found this faithful, young, betrothed girl, and God gave her hope. I love the idea here in the story that God is pursuing us. God is coming after us. God is seeking us where we are. I think about all the folks that God found this year, and they were saved and baptized. I mean, Geneva Graham and Elena Capace and Emerson Connor and Ezra Parrish and Ryan and Josh Silkwood and Stacy Murray. Amazing testimony. And on and on we could go. We've seen so many people come to find hope in Jesus Christ this year. I was thinking very specifically of how Hope found three girls who moved into one of our families uh, in our church, Renee's home. And they moved in her home and and uh, in, in, out of foster care. And because of living with Renee and coming to Gospel Light and going to Teen Revolution, these three young ladies, their names were Raven and Laney and Keely, these three young ladies found hope because Jesus found them. What a year we've had. I think about Jepson. Remember Jepson? Jepson came to us from South America. And Jepson came to, to, to Hot Springs to work in the Magic Springs program. Well, what happens is those, those kids are put up into our dormitories and we provide transportation. And it seems like every year that we do this, at least one student is found by the Lord Jesus Christ. Hope finds them where they are. They weren't living in South America. They were living in Hot Springs, in a dormitory, working at Magic Springs. But Hope found them where they were. Hope can find you. Hope found me, a little 13-year-old boy in a Roman Catholic church, serving as an altar boy in a divorced home, moves to Hot Springs, Arkansas. And somehow, through incredibly divine providential circumstances, I am found in a little small Baptist Christian school in a chapel service sitting on about the eighth row next to Tony Thomas. And hope found me right where I was. It meets us where we are. Let me ask you a question. Where are you this Christmas? What are you going through? What is your struggle what are, what are the things that you're struggling with? I, maybe it's, I don't know how much longer I can go through this. I, I'm just not sure how long I can handle this. What is your fear? What are you waiting for? Maybe you're, it's just the fear of the unknown. Can I tell you this morning? God says, hope will meet you right where you are. That's what hope does. Hope met Mary, this little poor girl in an obscure town. Hope met her where she was. And secondly, hope overcomes all the obstacles. Look in the text. 
Luke chapter 1, in verse number 28, it says this. Hope was not easy for Mary. She had to overcome some things. And you will too, but look at this. And he came to her and he says, greetings. Greetings, the, the angelic announcement. Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled. Here was an obstacle. The angel comes and, and has this incredible announcement. He, he calls Mary a favored one. But it doesn't set well with Mary at first. She says she's greatly troubled. And, and the saying uh, of the angel caused her to try to discern of what sort of greeting this might be. That, that tried to discern has the idea of she was pondering, she was thinking, trying to sort this out. What does all this really mean? I don't understand. But hope overcomes the obstacles. And the angel says to her, do not be afraid for you, Mary, have found favor with God. Notice the text does not say that Mary found favor with her parents. Notice the text does not say that Mary found favor with her fiancé. Notice the text does not say that Mary found favor, favor with her neighbors. No, she found favor with God. If you make the favor of God your focus, everything else will fall into place. I want to say this to all of our young people today as we are in the last Sunday of the year. All of you teenagers, all of you young people, listen up. If you will make the favor of God your focus, listen, everything else in your life, in your future, will fall into place. Now, when you find God's favor, it doesn't mean that everything's going to go perfect. doesn't mean that. Think about it. Mary, the angel says, you found favor with God. And so your husband is going to struggle with what's happening. Mary, you found favor with God. And your, your son's going to be born in a barn. Mary, good news. You found favor with God and your son is going to leave you. And he's going to go and do God's will. And you're going to be all alone. It's going to be difficult. Mary, you have found favor with God. Your son's going to be hated. They're going to falsely accuse him. They're going to crucify him. They're going to kill him. But Mary, you have found favor with God. Favor from God isn't that everything is going to be perfect and rosy and sweet and calm. Favor is that God Almighty has laid his hand upon your life. And he's going to use you for his eternal purposes. God's favor isn't easy. But God's favor is good and it overcomes all of the obstacles of being afraid. It overcomes the obstacles of being troubled and trying to discern what does God have for my life? Mary, you found favor with God. Put your name there. Put your name there. Luke 1, again. She was greatly troubled. And she tried to discern what's going on. What does all this mean? Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Hope meets you where you are. Hope overcomes the obstacles. Number three, hope brings a plan. Hope has a plan. Look at the text. Luke 1, verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Look at that. Conceive in your womb. That's the beginning of the nine months of pregnancy. And you will bear a son. 
That's the end of the nine months of her pregnancy. And you'll call his name Jesus. That's the Greek form of the Hebrew word Joshua. And it means Yahweh saves. Yahweh saves. In another portion of Scripture it says you'll call his name Jesus and he will save his people from their sins. Hope brings a plan. And the plan is that people would be saved. That folks would come to know the Savior of the world and they would be saved from their sins. Notice it goes on to say that he's going to be great. Not great like John the Baptist. Remember earlier in the text, it talked about that John the Baptist would be great before the Lord. But here, notice what adjective does it use? What adjective does it use to describe the greatness of Jesus? It just says, he will be great. In other words, he doesn't need any adjectives. From A to Z, from top to bottom, from the east to the west, he's just flat out great. No one is greater than Jesus He'll be called the Son of the Most High. Let me tell you how great he's going to be. He'll be the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob. Hey, say this with me. Even in your living room today, he will reign over the house of Jacob. How long? Say it together. How long? Forever. Exactly. He'll reign forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And boy, it's going on right now. His kingdom is still going on right now. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is in our hearts. What we see here in this passage is a summary of the gospel. Jesus Christ, the atoning sacrifice, saving his people from their sins... Everyone who comes to Jesus is going to be part of this kingdom. And he's going to reign forever and ever and ever and ever. It's the gospel. It's all about Jesus. 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 There's only one way to God. And it's through Jesus. We must never drift away from the gospel. We must never drift away from this. The centrality of the cross of Christ and the necessity of the new birth is what this is all about. Hope brings a plan. And gospel light, may we never get away from the gospel. May 2023 be the greatest year we've ever had of focusing on getting the gospel to Hot Springs, to Garland County, and to the surrounding areas. We're having a regular live church service at Gospelite at 1045 on Christmas Day. You might be listening to this before that. You might be listening to this after that. Or you might be listening to this video while we're actually having the live service that's not going to be live streamed. But in that service, to my left, there'll be a small congregation about 20 minutes from us, formerly called Antioch Baptist Church. They're looking to become a part of our our fellowship, a campus church called Gospelite Baptist Church, a Lake Hamilton campus. Can I tell you why? Because they want to come back to the true purpose for which they established themselves, back to the cross, back to the gospel. You see, so many times we get so caught up in so many different things in church life, in church politics, that we forget that it's all about Jesus. It's all about the cross. It's all about the gospel. It's all about sharing the gospel every day in every way with everybody we can. Hope brings a plan. 
And I'm grateful today to have that little congregation with us today. We welcome you. We love you. We can't wait to see what God's going to do as we work together to reach this city for Christ. There is no hope for the person without Jesus Christ. There is no other plan. There is no plan B. Hope brings a plan. Hope, it is in that wonderful, angelic announcement that Jesus Christ has come to save his people from their sins. Look at it again in Luke chapter 1, verse number 32. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Hope brings a plan. Number four, and in conclusion, hope is received by faith. Hope is received by faith. Now, before we see it in the text, I want to show you this in Scripture. Look at Hebrews chapter 4 in verse number 2. Before we go to the text, notice this. It says, for good news came to us just as to them. Good news came to us just as it did to them, but. But the message, the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith. With those who listened. That's powerful. I want you to meditate on that for just a moment with me. Because those of you that come to Gospel Light on a weekly basis and hear a pastor preach, whether it's me or one of our pastors on a regular basis on a Sunday morning, for the past four weeks you've heard messages on love, a message on joy, a message on peace, a message on hope, and every word that comes out of my mouth is worthless. It's worthless if you don't combine it with faith. Your faith. Put your faith in in the message of the Word of God, not in Erica Pacey's words, but what does the Bible say? Notice in the text here in Luke 1, 34, and Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? Notice here that faith does not mean that you can't express doubts and have questions. No, bring your questions. Listen, you just have to bring them to the source. Don't just sit around and and say, well, I'm not sure what I think about that, and I'm going to go talk to so-and-so. I'm going to read this book or read that book. No, no, listen, look what she did. The angel answers her. She says, how will this be? The angel then says, the Holy Spirit. Here's the answer to your question, Mary. Here's what I need you to believe by faith. That the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called the Son of God. The point that is being made here by the angelic messenger is this. This is going to be a miracle. It's a miracle. You will not get very far with your hope if you're counting on science. And I believe in science. I'm grateful for science. But you're not going to get very far with faith if it has to be proven by science. You're not going to get very far if your hope is wrapped up in uh, economics. If you're putting your hope in the stock market. If you're putting your hope in the dollar, the almighty dollar. You're not going to get very far. If, if your hope is, is, is counting on politics, well, I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, and I'm hoping that my candidate gets in office and then we can really see things change in America for the good. No, no, if you're putting your hope in that, it's not going to go very far. 
You need to put your hope in the God of the impossible. Put your faith in God when it looks impossible. God says, look at verse 37. He says, for nothing will be impossible with God. Let me read verse 36 real quickly. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. That, my friend, is hope. When it looks impossible, God says, nothing is impossible with God. When the doctor says, this this is what's happening. God says, Nothing is impossible with God. When the boss says, you've lost your job. God says, nothing is impossible with God. And Mary says in verse 38, here's Mary's response. Notice, hope is received by faith. Behold, I'm, an, I'm a servant of the Lord. I'm a servant of the Let it be accord, Let it be to me according to your word. Whatever you say, God, Whatever you say, God, I believe it. I'm putting all my eggs in that basket. This is the word of the Lord. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. But if God said it, I believe it. Let it be to me according to your word. Hope in the God of the impossible. We must embrace this, by ho- this hope by faith. And then notice the angel's response. And the angel departed from her. I love that. As soon as Mary said, let it be to me according to your word, the angel said, two thumbs up. Mary, you're in good shape. She put all her eggs in that basket. She believed God. And the future of a follower of Jesus Christ is extremely bright if we will embrace this hope by faith. This Christmas... Fill up on love this Christmas. Fill up on joy this Christmas. Fill up on peace. And this Christmas, fill up on hope. Here's what I'd like for us to do in closing. As you're sitting together today in your gathering, your family gathering, your friend gathering, your family gathering, let's together, let's say this together. Some of this is scripture. Some of this is song. It's just a conglomeration of things that we can repeat together as a response to the message that we are willing, Lord Jesus, to trust you with our lives and our future. Let's read this together, shall we? It's on the screen. Read it with me. Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance, And my God, be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who hope in the Lord. A horse's false hope for victory, nor does it deliver anyone by its great strength. Behold, the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him and those who hope for his loving kindness. For I hope in you, O Lord, you will answer, O Lord my God, and now, Lord, For what do I wait? My hope is in you. My mind may fill with feelings of fear, but my hope in God overcomes those obstacles and keeps me waiting with confidence that God will be faithful. My hope is not an empty attitude about an uncertain future. 
God's word details God's plan for blessing my life. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Hope flows into my life today as I exercise my faith, not in what I feel or see, but in what God's word says about my future. I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to thy word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the Christmas story, for the story of the birth of Christ who came into this world to be our Savior. Father, today we trust you. We put our faith in you. We believe, God, that our future is as bright as the promises of God. Happy birthday. Thank you for coming and bringing your kingdom to this earth. And may we, God, put you first in our lives. May 2023 be a year of incredible harvest for the glorious kingdom that Jesus Christ is establishing on this earth. We ask you, God, to bless our families. God, give us love and joy and peace and hope for the coming year. We love you, and we thank you for the opportunity to be a church here in Hot Springs, Arkansas. May we be one. May we be unified. May we give you more glory with our lives and through our church. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Merry Christmas and have a wonderful new year.